And now it's time for Blossoms of My Life Radio with your host, Ramona Trevino. Ramona is a teacher, a pastor, a three-time author, and radio host since February 2018, helping people share their but God moment and helping people see and be the blossoms in life. This program is a production and sponsored by Blossoms of My Life Radio Ministry and listeners like you. Now here's Ramona. God bless you, and thank you for tuning in to Blossoms of My Life Radio. I am excited to be able to introduce to you a fellow author. She is from the Dallas area of Texas. Her name is Paula Peckham. She graduated from the University of Texas in Arlington. She retired from teaching math for 19 years. Um, She does work in Mexico, and we'll probably hear a little bit about that. But she has a couple projects out. She wrote a book called Protected, and I want to hear about that. And then uh, book two in that series was called A Father's Gift, and we're really excited about her next book coming out in October, and that is called Accepted. Um, She's been in several, uh, written like several articles. Uh, She serves as president of ACFW, DFW, and we'll talk about that as well, but Paula, thank you so much for taking the time to join us with uh, Blossoms of My Life Radio today. Well, thank you, Ramona. I'm really blessed to be a part of this, and I appreciate you inviting me. Oh, I'm excited just to hear everything about you. I love meeting new people. I love hearing what they're doing. You know, it it all lifts up the kingdom and, and, and the creativity that he just pours into us and so I just love hearing everybody's stories that's the part I love about doing this and the Lord's been so good about you know letting me meet some wonderful people but why don't we let our audience find out a little bit about you um talk a little I I read a little bit in your bio about a project that you did with your students and I do want to hear about that too but why don't you take us back a little bit um maybe a little bit of your testimony and then we'll just kind of start talking about more about what you're doing today all right well um I spent 19 years in the classroom as a teacher I taught math and um I'm sure not every teacher feels this way but I know many of my friends do that we are there because we feel called to be there, that that's kind of the reason God put us on this earth to serve children this way. And, um, you know, it's, it's not an easy job to do, but, um, it's so critically important that children have good teachers and that they have people that are willing to pour into them and, um, you know, some days you could just quit and walk out. And that's when you rely on <laughs> God's grace and God's patience and mercy to just get you through and make you come back the next day. Um, but that has been probably the biggest blessing of my working life to be a teacher. And um, I didn't always enjoy every single day but i did probably without fail at least once a day laugh (laughs) every day in that job so you know god made it he he gave us what we need (laughs) yeah and you taught high school level so you know i taught high i taught high school for um 
18 years, I, I worked with uh, special ed, and then I taught the moderate to severe for the last three years in middle school. High school was way different. And in a general ed class teaching math, I could imagine how different that was. Yeah, that's not a class that a lot of people really want to be in. Yeah. <laughs> so you sort of have that extra challenge to convince them that, number one, it's important that they need to know it. And number two, that they can actually be good at it. So, you know, yeah. there's a lot of things stacked up against us. But that's just when you pray. <laughs> right. Right. And God gave you the gift of being able to teach math. You know, I, it was a math teacher that actually spoke life into me after going back to school at 33. It was a math teacher that said, I know you can do this because I couldn't pass right. algebra. And I just struggled and struggled, which is one of the reasons why I went, didn't go back to school. But he was that teacher. You know, we have that yeah. one teacher that sp speaks life like, I know you can do this and I'm going to help you. I literally met him at the laundromat at six o'clock on Saturdays for tutoring because he said, if you want to pass, this is where I'm at. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, yeah, the math is important. We have to have it. Yeah. We have to have it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And so then you retire and then what? Yes. And so that in itself <clears throat> was a little God gift because throughout the time I was teaching, you know, you just have good years and bad years and Sometimes that bad year just really wears you down. And yeah. so probably, I don't know, at least three different times during the 19 years, it's like, okay, this is the year I'm quitting. I'm going to just go work in a bank. I mean, I just can't <laughs> do this anymore. And um, always somewhere in that year, God would send me um, a kid. You know, maybe they had graduated and they had come back to visit some teachers or maybe, you know, they're still there, but now they're a senior, you know, they're not in my class anymore, but they would come to see me and they would say something like, if, if you had not been my teacher, I don't think I would have ever finished this math. I wouldn't have been able to graduate, you know, something along those lines. And so it was like this little God message, like you are here because I want you here and you are here to serve the purpose I have put you here to serve. So suck it up and just get through the year, you know, like, and so every time I had that moment, it'd be like, okay, I'd rather do what you want me to do, even if I'm not happy with this year, than to do what you don't want me to do, because I know that won't turn out well. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'll do it. But that last year when I felt like I wanted to quit like the second day of school. I mean, it, it just happened immediately. And um, all year, all year, I just kept praying, please, God, don't send me one of those kids. Please don't send me one <laughs> yep, of those kids. Because yep. if, if you do, I'll stay. But I really don't want to be here. And, you know, like you just hit that moment when yeah. it's like it's time for someone young and fresh and excited to be here because... I'm not having fun anymore. And if I'm not having fun, then I know the kids aren't either. And they deserve somebody who can give them more. So it was time. And so then you did. And I knew a lot of times during my years, and you probably could attest to this, it wasn't the kids a lot of times. It was just the whole, everything from the top, you know, that comes down. Yes. 
Yes. All the Either changes. Either it's admin and, or it's parents. Uh, and it's just like, yeah, okay. I know. It was, ne- <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was hardly ever the kids. Every right. now and then it would be, but most of the time it was the other. Something well, else. thank you so much for so many years and, and every single life that you touched, you know, when we're in the classrooms, I used to tell my, my fellow teachers, you know, some of, they, they knew I was a Christian, but it's, you know, some of them didn't go to church, but I was fortunate enough that my principal let us have a prayer group. And so, you know, I, I just tried so hard to be the light and mm-hmm. that's what you were. You were the light in that classroom when those kids would come in and then leave and then the next group would come in always the light and that's so important for us as christians and christian teachers in today's world it's difficult mm-hmm. it's yeah. really difficult and so thank you thank you for your service it's almost like you know that's <laughs> yeah. what you have to say it's like you were like someone says to the military but yes thank you for your service it was very yeah. important <laughs> yeah. and so then you retire and then you Paula, you get to spend time with your husband. Now, do you have grown children? I do. We have two. He, this is my second marriage, so I have two, and he has two. And oh. then my two have, between them, uh, well, we have two bonus grandchildren who came along with um, one of the husbands. But um, we have nine grandchildren, and um, so that's a blessing and fun. And then my husband's daughter is currently pregnant with her first child, and that baby will be here in November. So we're eagerly waiting to meet him. So we have a lot of family blessings, and I really um, am grateful that my family is close and that we care for each other and we don't have a dysfunctional family and, you know, that we... um, love each other and enjoy spending time with each other you know i mean it's just a good thing wow yeah that is well congratulations on that and exciting about the baby that's exciting um let's see i'm reading a little bit here you have a home casita in mexico talk to us a little bit about that yeah so our church um it's been probably 15, 16 years now. I forget when we actually started. I just, that's one of those details that <laughs> is gone. But um, we, our church began um, a mission, repeat, a repeated mission in Rio Bravo, which is right across the border, um, where we went down to the same place each time, uh, served this same little neighborhood kind of out in the country. And um, we would go down once or twice a year and build a casita for a family. So there was a church down there that we kind of partnered with, and that pastor chose the family. So we just showed up and did what we were told. You know, we didn't have any say about who we did this for. We just trusted them to pick whoever needed it. And... um, It would be kind of a three-day thing, very simple home, very small. We didn't even put electricity in it, but they could come back and do that later. Um, Basically, the floor was poured when we got there, and we put up walls, and we put up rafters, and we put on 
you know, corrugated tin roof and we put in windows and doors and we could get it all done in three days. And um, so, but we just went to the same place. Like every year we went back to the same place and finally um, one night in church, my, my church has a Saturday night service and then Sunday services. And so we usually went to the Saturday night service and, you know, I wish really bad I could remember what exactly our pastor, his name is Rick, what did he say in that sermon to put this thought in my head? I don't remember, but I just felt really, really strongly when the lights came on and we're, you know, getting ready to leave. Like I have tears in my eyes and my husband's like, what's going on? And it's like, I feel like God is telling us to buy some property in our little colonia down there and um, build a little house. I think we're supposed to do this. And bless him, he never even questioned. He just said, well, if that's what God told you, then let's see what we can do to make it happen. I love it. Yeah. And so um, the next time we were down with our church group, we talked with the pastor that we you know, have been dealing with. His name is Marco, and he turned out to, I mean, he's been a very good friend. His daughter came and lived with us for about six months after graduated because she wanted to improve her English, you know. So, I mean, we have that kind of, I mean, they're friends. These aren't just people, friends. Um, And he helped us find some property. So we bought about, it was almost an acre. And then we paid um, one of our friends who, they call them a maestro, which is actually the word for teacher, but um, it's the men who kind of coordinate the job site, you know, like the yeah. job manager. Um, and we just paid him to, you know, here's the money for the next thing. Here's the money for the next thing. And he just put it together for us. Mm-hmm. And um, the first time we actually got to like spend the night in our little house when we, you know, we didn't have any furniture there. We didn't have any, you know, appliances yet, but all that just kind of came as we went, you know, right. but now, um, you know, that little house has been used <laughs> for so many things. And the yard is, it's bigger than most of them would have as their yard. Um, so our yard ends up getting used for birthday parties or, you know, if they have like a before school event, like they will right. do haircuts or handouts, backpacks and school supply. You know, they come to our place and it's like, yes, of course, use our, pl-. you know, like do Why whatever you need to do with it. And um, we, when, when COVID hit and we all went remote here, they did the same thing. They, they had to do remote learning, but their families did not have internet at every house like we do. I mean, well, you know, I'm not right. everybody here, but generally speaking, pretty much anybody in America is going to have access to the internet at their house. Most people. Um, and so we um, built a little Wi-Fi cafe like over in the corner of our lot and put in about seven or eight um, uh, laptop computers. I and love it. So they could use that for the Wi-Fi. They could go sit, there. you know, you could just sit in the yard and pick up the right. Wi-Fi. So, um, so that gave them access. They could, you know, see their teachers and, um you know, so it's just been like little things to wow. have been building as we go along. And um, we we try not to insert what we think they need, insert ourselves, our expectations. We just like, we have a little Mexico team 
that we work very closely with. They're all women. And um, we just let them tell us what they need. And so we've kind of fine-tuned what we're working on um, over the past couple of years. And so now our really big focus is um, our church provides money for scholarships. It actually costs them money to go to high school and, of course, college. Um, And so a lot of kids just quit after eighth grade because um, they just, their families, they're just very poor and they don't have the money. And of course that means they're gonna be poor because they can't go get a good job if they don't have a high school diploma. Um, And we um, have built a school in the neighborhood. Um, The country has a problem with drugs, you know, I mean, we do too, but um, there's a lot of cartel activity. Right. these kids that end up quitting now their choices are kind of limited to like are you going to go work in the field for someone who has a farm are you going to work in construction like day to day like does someone have a job i can do today you know it's not good wages it's not good working conditions and so the cartel is able to kind of steal them into this dangerous lifestyle job because it's better money right and it feels like it's easy but really they are they are in danger of being shot and killed because the cartels fight each other you know and so the government decided a way to help alleviate this problem of this you know dropping out they came up with these little satellite high schools kind of out in the country area um because there is a high school in Rio Bravo, but it's a 15 minute drive to get there from where we are. Yeah. And if you don't have a car, like how are you supposed to do that, you know? Yeah. And so um, they came up with this program where they would give each little neighborhood area three teachers and they would give them the supplies and the curriculum and all that. But the neighborhood has to provide the school. Wow. And so, um, you know, it might be somebody's house. Yeah. It might be, you know, whatever. Um, And so, our little school that they were using for several years, they used this one person's house. They just, no one was living there. And so they said, yeah, you can use our house. Well, then in October, a year, um, it's coming up on two years now, um, the family came came back and said, well, we want our house back. So you have to leave. And so, it's like, well, okay, now what? So we we sent them to a friend that we knew um, that had a big house where they kind of hosted teams, but we knew it wasn't permanent. And so they, they were there for a couple of months, and then we were able to use a church building for the rest of that school year. But that pastor, uh, the, like they were messy they left trash you know whatever it's like so he just said no you can't come back rather than like deal with the issue he just said you can't come back so now they're kicked out again so now we're looking for um like two or three times we thought we had a place we could buy some property so we could build a school and um but they couldn't find their their deed you know they couldn't you know and so it's just not um a legal purchase and so i mean it was just one struggle after another and so finally we just decided look the whole back half of this property that we bought is just 
it's just grass. I mean, we're not doing anything with it. Why don't you build a school at the back of our land and um, we'll just build a school and we'll have a school. Wonderful. So our, our church does this thing that we call birthday gift to Jesus. And so um, at Christmas each year, the families all make a donation like over and above your tithe. Right. It's just this is my birthday gift to Jesus. And from that money, we fund our different missions. And so we, we call ourselves an Acts 1-8 church. And so we have the Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You know, so each um, little section is like right there local in our town, a little farther out in the big town city. We're near Fort Worth, you know, so that's our right. Judea. And then Samaria would be like a driving like we would count um, Mexico as Samaria, we can drive there, but we also have the Philippines. That would be the end of the earth, you know. So we we have these levels of um, mission that we work on, and so it's all funded by this birthday gift to Jesus donation. Oh, wonderful! And so that's what's funding the scholarships, and that's what's giving us the money to build the school. And nothing goes quickly <laughs> not so in mexico i you know just, you just have to be patient <clears throat> Very and patient. you know it'll all happen it'll all happen in god's time you know so um we were just there last week uh, yeah that was just last weekend mm -hmm. and so um the the school has three rooms Wonderful. and they're big it's a big room um we've got the roof on the top uh it, that's expensive it, it you know they have yeah. to bring out and pour it, you know, and yeah. then, so we were there to put stucco on the walls. Yeah. And um, so we'll do probably more stucco when we go back in October, maybe we'll paint, maybe we'll put in windows and doors, you know, whatever. I mean, they can do things too yeah. in between time, but um, it's a big project, but it's really, I mean, it's life-changing. And, it, and think it about will, it, it all if, goes back to when the Lord said, and you said, I think we need to move over there. I mean, all of this is a part of why he took you there. Yeah, because he yeah, knew exactly. he knew this was going to be needed. He knew the exact lot you were going to get and the size that you were going to have. He knew your heart that you would do this. So, wow! I love when God just brings all that together and it just works out like that. Yep, that's wonderful. <laughs> you just kind of go along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. And you know, um, at the end, let's let's maybe say something about how people can help you if they wanted to make a donation. Oh, I want to talk. Okay. Um, a little bit of let's talk about your book so your first novel was protected um did you go into writing knowing you were going to author a book publish a book well i think so okay. um i i love to read <clears throat> i have been a good reader since like second grade and um it's you know i guess lots of people think oh i'll write a book one day but um we we had a little email um like a little chat room kind of thing at school that was called our break room and people could post you know i'm having a garage sale this weekend or they could post does anyone have a plumber i need a plumber but we could post like things that were going on you know so yeah. i would post funny stories from my classroom like i said i laughed at least once every yep. day yeah so i, I would uh, post a little funny story in there and people would be like, yeah, these are so good. You should write a book. You know, so it's like, oh, I think I may one day. I think I may. And so um, 
before I quit teaching, I, I actually started the book, but um, I could never really sustain the, the writing schedule because school just... It's hard. Yep. It's just like too much of your time, you know, and so it would just slowly trickle off. And then summer would come and I'd have to go back and like read what I had written because I couldn't even remember and like pick up where I left yep. off and I'd write furiously through the summer and then I would have all these wonderful intentions and then it would just slowly trickle off. You know, I mean, it was just so this went on for like four years. Yeah. And then um, when I retired, it's like, okay, I am finishing, I am finishing this story, you know? And so um, I got it done and um, I had taken a class from a man named Thomas Umstadt. He's um, the owner of the longest running podcast in America for like authors and writing. And um, it was kind of teaching you how to do a book launch, like what to do once the book is written, how do you get it out there? And so one of the exercises that he had us do at the very beginning of this course, it was like two week course, um, we were to send an email out, 10 emails to people that know you, love you, you know, your family, whatever. But 10 also to people that are just people you know, like maybe from church or maybe from work, you know. And you ask them, tell me three things that would describe what you think of me. And that felt like I was like patting myself on the back. Let's talk about me. It was very awkward. You know, I I didn't enjoy that at all. Um, But when I started getting back the answers, because it's supposed to tell you, like, what is your core thing? What mm-hmm. is what is your core thing? And those kind of questions are really hard for me to answer about myself. I'm not good at that. But then when I started seeing the answers, it was like, oh, for crying out loud, of course. Why didn't I know that? But what kept showing up over and over again was, like, social justice. And... um It's like, well, of course, that's what's important to me. And so the point of doing this exercise was if you somehow can weave this thing, whatever, you know, it turns out to be into your writing, it will be authentic. It will ring true. It will resonate with your readers. And so, um, you know, that's just always going to be something I try to put in what I'm writing. So the very first story, Protected, um, is set in the 1860s. It's a set of families coming to Texas on a wagon train, and um, they end up in San Antonio. And I put it in San Antonio so that it would be close enough to the border that there could be, you know, some Hispanic characters. And so Uh there's some Spanish, you know, because I wanted to portray the Mexican people um, differently than what has been portrayed in our media for the past couple of years. You know, the words were bandied about. They're sending us their murderers and their rapists yeah. and their drug dealers. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. That is not the people I know. You, I mean, I'm sure those people exist and I'm sure those people have tried to come across our border, but you, you don't know the people I know. And I wanted that um, family and that love and that history and that culture 
um, to be portrayed in my story. And so that's That's where that one came from. Okay. And so this is a series now because I see that you wrote down book two in this series. So how many books do you think are going to be in this series? Well, so (laughs) it just depends. Um, I don't know if you saw um, the Bridgerton movies that came out on Netflix. Um, It was written by a a secular romance writer. um, But the first book, there's eight siblings and so the series each sibling gets their story oh okay in my story um there are nine children who um in the in chapter one of protected their family has been struck by cholera on this trip to san antonio and a lot of the family lose members and so by the time it all kind of settles out the adults have all died and it's only children that are left. And so mm. they range in age from like three to 18, whatever. So um, <clears throat> each one of those children in book one could conceivably have their own story. Okay. Um, but I don't really have stories in my head for all of them, but I do have six. So if I get to the end of six and there's no more ideas, then I'll stop. And if more ideas come, then I'll just keep going. I don't know. (laughs) And and so your second book is called a father's gift. And both Uh of these look like that you won awards. So you, you got the ACS, the ACFW Genesis semifinalist in 2020 for your first one. And then third place for the Sella award on the a father's gift. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. that's awesome. Wow, that's exciting. And so now the one that you're working on right now is called Accepted. Mm-hmm. And um that one comes out in October. Now, are you with a traditional publisher or are you self-publishing? Um I am in a traditional publisher. I but I have also self-published um two Christmas anthologies. So, um I think it's just a lot easier these days to do your own publishing and so a lot of authors kind of do a combo like you want to do something on your own go ahead and do it on your own you want a traditional publisher the reason i wanted to do the traditional publishing was um i was really afraid of coming up with my own book cover because i don't have those skills i don't i don't know what it should look like you know at the time i I think i would have a better idea now but um it's like and that's a really important part of the book is that cover because it's the first thing people see you know what grabs everyone yeah if 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 somebody can do that for me then you know i think i'll be okay so um that was a whole other god story that led me to elk lake publishing um and deb haggerty is the owner editor-in-chief there and she is just amazing she is just an amazing woman she's so full of integrity and she's so encouraging and like i i love working with her and with her company um so i mean i'm perfectly happy to be where i am it's a smaller publishing house like you know it's not i'm not going to get a five thousand dollar upfront <laughs> check from her to get start you know that's yeah. just she's too small for that but um i think the more important thing is that um you know god has gifted various writers with yep. their 
their gift of words. And the important thing is that we, we are the vessel for those words to get onto the paper and that even if it's just one person that it's yeah. meant for, you know, then that's what it's for. So yeah, I was with a traditional publisher um, and then they got arrested for embezzlement. That was in 2015 oh. and that was devastating because it was my first book. Never even thought I'd be able to write a book signed the contract then like within a year just things started being a little bit funny so i'm uh -huh. real leery about going back to a traditional but i have seen a lot of wonderful things about elk publishing and um you know they've been kind about sharing uh, blossoms of my life radio or so because i just want to give the authors something you know it's always good to have a platform talk about your book use it for uh -huh. marketing and so um yeah i can see that they do they do well towards their authors, which is good. It's important to be able to trust someone. My books now, Absolutely. I just self-publish. And then I, now, like you said, you know, I, I know things now. So I use Fiverr.com to get, you know, my format people and I, for different cover designs. And then I decide what I'm going to do and, you know, so different ways. But definitely, I mean, God puts the words in us. And if he gives you all those little prompts, if anybody's listening to us, go for it. Write that book. You know, put, to, put together that poetry <laughs> book. People want to hear your stories. Some people want to laugh. Some people want to cry. Some people want to be engaged in a book. But do it. Just do it. It's not that hard. I mean, you can email me. I'm sure Paula, when she gives her contact info, what do I do first? You know, we can help you along uh -huh. with that and how that uh -huh. went. Wonderful. Absolutely. Wonderful. And so um, I know you're involved in a writing club now, right? Yes. Yes. So ACFW stands for American Christian Fiction Writers, and it's nation, nationwide. There's, it's a national organization. You can pay to join it at the national level, and um, you have access to different classes and stuff on our website and you can join kind of a sort of a critique group writing reading group it's not real personalized at that level just because it's so big but um but they also have uh local chapters and so there is a local chapter we is the dfw chapter um so dallas fort worth you know they're both pretty close to each other and um there is a city in between them called arlington yep. and that's where we meet physically meet but we also meet um through zoom so we have a monthly meeting where we have someone come in and speak to us about either the craft of writing or like the business end of writing mm -hmm. or twice a year we try to get like just an inspirational speaker to you know it just it's good to be reminded like why are we doing this right and you know to be encouraged again and you know to feel um the support from you know the spiritual end of things that this is why i'm here this is why i'm doing this and uh so we um when when COVID happened we went totally zoom um but now that we're you know free to move about the country um we we do kind of a combo so we have the people who like to come in person, they show up on in person and we just set it up where um, our speaker and our Zoom people, we can like see each other. There's a TV on the wall and awesome. um, so it's just sort of a hybrid type thing. But um, we just offer support and learning and 
encouragement and um you know we it's a it's a very active group and um several of the women couple of men um have agents and have contracts and you know i mean there's some beginners too you know but it's um it's a good group and um i'm really grateful that i learned about it and that i was able to join it and i have been serving as the president for the past two years and um i mean it's just they're great ladies great people and just very grateful that it's there that and that's great support like you said it's people that live um i'm in kern county of california but people listen from all over so look up your local chapter of acfw and see if you have someone near you that could help you and support you paula we're getting towards the end and i want to be able to ask you um first of all you know thank you so much for sharing your story part of your story i know there's so much more that you could share but it was just nice to to hear who you are and what you do and your passion and you know do you have like a last word to encourage someone before we start talking about how people could get a hold of you um i guess um to be a writer is to like open up your skin and lay your heart on the table yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. and that's really scary to do but um if you feel like god is prompting you that way um just be bold and do it anyway um you you can learn from everybody i I mean i don't know that this is true in every author circle but i know this one is encouraging you know it's we're all here to help each other support each other Mm -hmm. you know the rising tide lifts all boats whatever that little saying is like we um we all benefit when we are all successful Mm -hmm. and so you know you will have people help you and teach you and hold your hand and guide you along the way um because you have a story Mm -hmm. and that story is important to somebody and you don't know who and you don't know when but god does and you know you you don't want to be in the way of not letting that happen just because maybe you're scared like just do it just Just do it do it yes yep that's how when 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 my publisher went you know when all that happened and a lot of the authors were like devastated some of them just never wrote again and i was just like you know what you didn't bring me this far for this to just be over like there's gotta be something else and then that's how I found someone who has said, you know, I'll help you, you know, we'll, we'll republish it and we'll get it back out there. I'll show you that you could self-publish. And so, you know, I had to pay them to help me to do that, which was fine, but I just didn't feel like it was over. And so, you know, I've written yeah. four books since then and, and I That's love great. every time and I'm working on one now and, and I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Because there, like you said, there's a story to tell. Awesome. Um, how can people get a hold of you? Okay, so um, I do have a website, or you can email me. My website is just paulapeckham.com, and Peckham sounds like peck ham. It's the um part is an H-A-M, Peckham. Um, and then the email is just paula at paulapeckham.com. Um, if you are interested in 
supporting this Mexico mission that we do. We would be very grateful to have any support. We've got to um, buy some furniture for their classrooms and, you know, all of that is still coming up. Um, they'll make do with what they have, you know, they always have, but, you know, we want them to be able to um, have an equal opportunity to be, you know, getting their education as everyone else, you know, so we're doing everything we can to help with that. Um, if you are an author and you're, um, or wanting to be an author and you want some help or some encouragement, you know, I'll be happy to help with that as well, you know, so um, either either thing, we're okay. good. And so if you want to help audience, if you want to help Paula with her school and getting that going, you can email her um, directly or just go to her website, Paula Peckham dot com and there's probably contact information there but let's mm -hmm. try to help her get that school going paula thank you so much um for just taking the time with us but i would really like it if you could uh close us out in prayer this afternoon if you wouldn't mind oh absolutely oh father we just are so humbled and grateful for the fact that you love us yes. that you are interested in our lives and that you want the best for us and if we could just get out of our own way and turn to you and ask you for wisdom and ask you for guidance we know that you answer the prayers that are in your will and certainly those things are so we just need to um turn and ask and so we we thank you for everything that you provide us with we thank you for the guidance that you lay down those steps before us and above all we just thank you for the gift of your son and it's in his name we pray amen amen and amen thank you paula thank you so much ramona i really appreciate it thank you for listening to this edition of blossoms of my life radio this program is listener-supported. Blossoms of My Life Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. To contact Ramona regarding donations, sharing your God story, or requests about her books, you can write to Ramona. Ramona Trevino, P.O. Box 22731, Bakersfield, California, 93390. That's P.O. Box 22731, Bakersfield, California, 93390. Her website is the letter I, the letter M, dauntless.org. That's I am dauntless.org. Her email is Ramona at blossomsofmylife.org. That's Ramona at blossomsofmylife.org. This program is a production and sponsored by Blossoms of My Life Radio Ministry and through listeners like you. And in closing, we just want to remind you to remember to see and be a blossom in someone's life. <laughs>